Welcome to Money Conversations with KJ. KJ is a lifelong entrepreneur who's made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, and found his way back again. If you're looking for a sterile how-to, you're in the wrong place. KJ and his guests will walk you through real-life situations told by the people who live them, and they are as messy as they are inspiring. Each episode will offer lessons learned, advice on how to replicate successes and avoid pitfalls, and a new perspective to power your financial literacy. Far from a one-size-fits-all, this podcast can help you build a roadmap to your personal promised land. Milk and honey for some, whiskey and steak for others, and remind you that you're not alone on this journey well hello everybody welcome back welcome back to the show i got a really interesting show here today for you i've got a a guest here that i've known for i don't know not a real long time a little over a year leon you think a little over a year yeah a little over a year um I, I know his father-in-law very well, and uh, but uh, I think Leon and I have been talking. I've been doing a little mentoring via real estate investing with him for the, for the past year or so. But I think his interest, his story is going to be really interesting today in his journey and where he's at and why he does what he does. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah. So for you guys listening out there, um, Leon's married. One, one kid or two? One kid. One kid out there raising a little one, doing what a lot of you guys are doing out there and figuring out his money and what he's got to do with it. So, Lean, I want to start with with um, not what you're doing today. We'll get to that in a bit. I want to talk to you and share your story. You share your story with all of us on on your earliest journeys with money. When did you understand money what it was for and that you needed to go make it and and what you wanted to do with it how old do you think you were when you kind of realized all that uh you know that's a great question i can tell you when i had my first job okay and, uh, i believe i was uh seven going on eight and uh yeah i think it started out cutting grass and and uh eventually went to door knocking for selling candy uh trying to make a buck seven or eight in in, in the year generally because you're quite a bit younger than me but um i don't know that kids do that anymore today i don't know if parents let them do that but there's a lot of other ways kids can make money so that's pretty early right seven eight years old to get out there and why did you go do that yes yeah, for me it's all about i noticed what we didn't have oh yeah everyone uh Hey, this is what I want. This is what I want. But it's like, Hey, I, I don't have this. I don't have that. And, uh, in order to get that, you know, I, I saw that, uh, you know, if you want to be rich, you gotta get off your butt and go get it. Exactly. You gotta go after it. I mean, life's out there. We all can go after it. Not everybody does. Leon's definitely a hustler and he's out there doing what he has to do to provide for his family and, and get ahead. Um, so once you did that, let me ask you, and you started to make actual money, right? Cause we go make money at that age because mom and dad aren't giving you money for whatever reasons. Um, when you started making money, let's say it was that summer or what have you, did you, what did you know about it? And did mom and dad sit you down and talk to you about money? Hey, now that you're making money, you know, let's have a talk. Yeah. I, to this day, I don't think I ever had that conversation with my mother on what to do with money until uh, I, I told her about what I'm trying to do today. 
And so really it was a matter of, you know, when I first started making money, the, the little bit of dollars I was making, uh, I used to sneak money into my mom's purse, hoping that uh, it would go towards uh, food or the bills and, and uh, keep a roof over our head. Wow. That's interesting. So you you learned to be a giver, giving back. You learned, how, you know, again, um, where do you think that came from being a giver? Was that from your mom? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause that's a mindset question, right? Because I love teaching mindset. We all have to learn how to think and act different with money and time. And, and at that age, it's interesting that you thought I want to go make some extra money. And typically it's seven or eight. It's because you want to go buy, you know, an Xbox or whatever. Um, and in your case, you're, you're sharing that not only did I go make some money, I snuck money. Usually we're sneaking money out of mom's purse, right? Usually most kids are like, I'm gonna go, man, I need an extra five or 10 bucks. I think I can fight at mom's purse kind of thing. Um, but you were the opposite. You actually stuck money in there. And did, did she recognize it? Uh, you know, she's never said anything. No? Never did. Do you think she did subconsciously or like she did and she didn't want to say anything because, you know, sometimes we're, and you're a parent now and I'm, I've been a parent forever, but uh, I would be shocked and I would be maybe if I was in a position where I was hurting, I might be a little, I don't know. I don't know. If, I'm trying to find the right word. I don't know if it'd be embarrassed, but like, man. My eight-year-old kid stuck 20 bucks in my purse. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I could say it would be more of an embarrassment. Um, I've realized as now that I'm older, I was quite hard on my mom. And I I remember this one time she's, you know, we had a heated discussion and she says she's doing the best she can. And uh, I said, well, you're not doing enough. And I know that had to be a dagger. Uh, you know, it's me and my, my two siblings and she's doing the best she can. She's working, you know, multiple jobs, trying to make it happen. And how disrespectful for me to say you're not doing enough. And uh, what I was doing was comparing it to what other kids had. Mm. But, you know, I think as kids, we we all do that. Right. We're going to compare because, you know, your friend Mikey down the street was getting new clothes and shoes or whatever. And you weren't, and you're like, you know, why does he get it? I don't get it kind of thing. But you knew your household, you know, if mom was, you know, doing her best struggling financially or whatever. And so you decided, you know what, I'm going to go stick a few bucks in there. Um, probably sounds like not really looking for anything in return, right? Just want to be helpful. Um, I think people listening out there can totally relate to that. And like I said, I think there's both sides of that, right? I think there's people out there that say, man, I used to take five and $10, you know, from my mom or my dad, whatever it may be. Um, interesting. And, and again, I find through conversation, we are the people we are with money from these early age experiences, right? Our mindset is set so early in life that people don't realize. People think like, we don't think about money until we're we're making it and we're, you know, young adults kind of thing. But no, the reality is these things get shaped early because of your life and your circumstances, whatever they may be. And most of America, we know, you know, was um, struggle, struggle financially. Um, And, and how do you think that shaped you from the time you started to doing that at that seven, eight, nine, and then when you were like 18, 19, did you kind of keep up with that or? As far as giving to my mom? Giving or just being giving in general, because that's a, that's a, that's a giving back, you know, mindset. Like I want to help. Right. Yeah. You know, for me, it's always been, uh, I believe in good karma. Okay. I say this to my wife all the time. 
And uh, I'm really big on listening to different motivational speakers. And uh, one thing, you know, that I've learned about myself uh, is, uh, you know, I deep down truly want to see other people succeed. And I feel as though if I help them succeed in their goals, that that karma would come back to me and help me and flourish in my own life. And so even as a kid, I, I feel like those principles were there. I just didn't know it. You know, you said something real interesting, you know, you learned and we're all, we all are always learning, especially with our finances. I think we never really stop learning, right? With money and what we do with it and what we want to do with it. That's just an ongoing learning curve. But the fact that you, you know, the sooner that we can recognize it, I think in ourselves, the better people we will become. Um, and, And I'm sure you've seen the fruits of your giving, you know, over your lifetime, which is really, really cool. Uh, boy, I hope a lot of you got, that's a really awesome lesson. Thank you for that. I think people out there are going to um, take inventory. Let's call it that. Take inventory on how they're treating their lives with money and what they're actually doing with it. Right. Should I, should I put that extra 20 in mom's purse or should I take that 20 and go down the street and buy whatever? And you mentioned how with money, the mindset when you were young is because you, you use the word want, right? I want this. I want that. And I teach a lesson between, we all must learn the difference between wants and needs. And unfortunately people get in bad financial positions because they spend more of their money on the wants than they do the needs, right? I need to save for an emergency fund. I need to save for X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Um, so that's really cool. So, as as you did that, what when how at what age do you think and you were started making money mowing lawns? I did all that, and a lot of folks have done that. At what point in time with money did you realize this is a tool? I better use it responsibly. And what were some of the things that you did that in your eyes was responsible in the early years, say as a late teenager, early twenties? You know, I never really had the opportunity to you know, do the right thing with my money. Cause it was always, you know, what I was taught from my, my mother as well as other family members is you got to survive. You got to survive, do what you have to do to survive. Mm. It wasn't until my mid twenties that I said, you know, I'm tired of surviving. I want to live. What do I have to do to live? And I look back at even as a child, you know, what were some of my lifelong goals? Uh, it was always about, uh, oh, one day I want to own, you know, apartment complexes and uh, I can live in one and my family can live in the others and it'll just pay us, you know, everything we need. Uh, not realizing that, hey, I, I want to be, you know, a real estate investor. Never knew that. It's interesting when you were just describing that. Um, wow brought back so many different conversations that I've had. And I want to teach a lesson here to the people that are out there because I'm sure they're thinking to themselves. It's exactly what I was thinking. You know what I mean? It really is amazing. The conversations I have that are so similar, right? And you had mentioned a goal, a long-term goal. You were how old when you think you thought about a, a long-term goal and everything you just talked about is all mindset, right? It's all great stuff. Um, and then you did say that your mom and maybe some of the other family members talked to you about money. I really want to understand where some of the knowledge of your money came from. 
right? Because it comes from all over the place for everybody. So let's start with that one first. What can you remember, again, when your your family was living a life of scarcity, okay? Um, the mindset of scarcity, right? And you chose to go, I want to live a life of abundance. How am I going to get there, right? And you figuring it out over time here. But what were the conversations uh, with money other than, you know, a scarcity mindset? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the question of at what age was nine. I remember when I was nine years old, I said, hey, something has to change. Um, my family always said, you got to save your money, got to save your money. That when my son uh, was born, one of the first gifts that I got from family members was what? A piggy bank. Yeah. Um, no, that is the wrong thing. If anything, you, you need to invest, invest, invest. And uh, I think uh, going through some some hard times in life, when uh, um, I moved out to Washington with my wife, uh, at the time girlfriend, uh, I had an eviction on my record. And uh, still making minimal amount of money, I had to pay off this eviction that me and a family member got together. And uh, that's when I realized, hey, I can save money. When you when you focus on something, you know you can do it. And that was the the shift from that day forward of like, hey, whatever I I want to do in life, I, if I put my mind to it, I could do it. I may not get it in my time frame. <laughs> that's definitely a struggle of mine. Uh, but no matter what it is, I feel like I can accomplish it. And learning from everyone, I'm a sponge. You know, I remember the first time I learned about a Roth IRA and uh, the person that was telling me about it, I think he only told me to, uh, um, hey, pay yourself first, put a hundred bucks a month in there. And then after, you know, a year of that, I, I, I talked to one of my coworkers and he said, yeah, I max it out every year. Well, how much is that? You know, 5,500 bucks. And uh, I went back to that guy and I was like, hey, you know, you told, me, you told me only to save 100 bucks a month. Why didn't you tell me to max it out, to put the full 5,500 bucks? And he said, I don't think you're ready for that. Uh, regardless if someone's ready for it or not, you have to give them the right information. The right information is the goal is to max out your, your Roth IRA and then max out your 401k uh, every year. But that's not the information he told me. And so I thought it was interesting, but... You know, as long as you keep talking to different people, that's how you learn. Because if you only stay within your circle, I would still be telling my son to save. A hundred bucks. Right. Man, what a lesson that was. That cost you time. Right. I mean, I don't know how long you did that for, but, um, you know, I teach that, too. And, and man, that really cost you time. Time is our most valuable asset. And. And this is the whole reason I have my program, right? I teach the fund because that's a fundamental. I cl I classify that as a fundamental. We should all know this basic information here, right? Get your Roth IRA open. If you can max it out annually, it's up to 6000 right now. So um, unless you're over 50, you can do 7000 There's a catch-up provision. But um, yeah, why would that guy tell you that? I'm trying to think. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and like, maybe, you know what? Maybe he didn't know. You know, Leon, maybe he just didn't know. Uh, to know that I should be maxing it out. Yeah. Well, when I approached him about it, he said, well, yeah, of course you're supposed to max it out. 
why didn't you tell me that? He said, well, you know, you, you weren't ready. And I was like, that's interesting that he decided for me what I was ready for or not. And uh, I understand the concept of, hey, just give them a little bit of information, let them master that, and then come back with step two. It's levels to it. But um, he should have shared with me what was the end goal. Uh, hey, start just start at 100 bucks. I know, you know, this is too much for you right now, but uh, instead of 500 bucks a month, start at start at 100 bucks a month. And uh, but your your goal was to get to this. Well, yeah. Let let's look at the bright side. One, you learned about it because there's a lot of people out there who don't even know about the Roth IRA, um, which is, in my opinion, the best vehicle that we can use. And now that you're a real estate investor, you're realizing that. Um, and I teach that in the class, why that you want that. So we won't get real deep into that right now. Um, the fact that you did it is great and you're doing it. Um, that's going to reap big rewards. That's all based on compounding, compound interest, how that money will reap good dividends, you know, 30 years down the road. That's just, um, that's a different way of savings, but you talked about savings and, and there's always that difference of opinion of saving or investing. Right. And the thing is we do have to save, Right. The thing is, I always teach save for a purpose, meaning you picture in my trainings, I have a visual of different, different. We're putting money in different buckets, right? So how many yeah. different buckets do you have, right? Well, one bucket's the Roth, one bucket's the 401k, one bucket is saving for a down payment for a house, one bucket's for the new car in two years. I mean, all these different buckets that we want to put money into, right? And you get your paycheck and yeah, listen, you, there's not a lot going in each little bucket, but it's like it's like water, one drop at a time, and then the bucket one day is full, right? So it's it's doing that. I don't agree with just, hey, just save money to save money. We must save money for a purpose, right? There's a purpose why we are saving this money because the purpose is generally a goal. My goal is X, Y, Z. In order for me to reach that goal, I need dollar X. Well, I need to save and however long it may take me, right? I always just like, you, we should all just reverse engineer how much money you need. If I need a down payment on a house, um, my income says I can afford a $400,000 house. My down payment's 10%. I need 40 grand. I make, you know, 1500 a week. How long is it going to take me to save 40 grand? Right. It's all just math. And then you start, okay, that's my down payment money bucket. And if I put dollar X every week or every check, I will get there at this point in time. I think if we all live our lives, like that, like a machine, rather than I got a paycheck and then I want this and I want that. And, oh, I better save a little bit because I got to pay the power bill or, you know, the rent or the mortgage is coming up. Yeah. And this is why people struggle financially because they've never learned these lessons. You know, like you talked to you mentioned earlier, you learn the concept, pay yourself first. Right. Yeah. Where there's nobody more important when you're making money than yourself. Right. Warren Buffett teaches that lesson, like pay yourself first. You're more important. You are more important than your mortgage. Yep. Okay. So put that money. What, no, it doesn't matter if it's ten dollars. Pay yourself first. Awesome. So let's let's dive into goals. Are, are, how big of a goal setter are you? I'm all about goals. Vision boards every year. A couple years back, uh, a family member of mine you know, told me what he was doing with his vision board. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you start learning the value of, of setting goals and how it, it helps you stay on track. And uh, if you look at my vision board from five years ago compared to today, totally different, 
totally different vision boards. Yeah, they're going to change all the time, guys. Our lives change. I mean, you got married, you had a baby, you, you have different goals. So your vision boards are going to change. Uh, more importantly than the vision boards and vision boards are great, uh, but that means you took time and effort for however long to build a vision board. And generally speaking, most people will take about a week to build a vision board because you're, you know, you're trying to find all the right pictures to put on that board and, or, you know, inspiring quotes or what have you. Um, we find that, or the studies have already been done, writing your goals down on a regular basis. I'm talking if you listen, if you guys, anybody's a, a fan, uh, a fan of Grant Cardone, he'll tell you he writes them down daily. Right. Yeah. You got to write them down. You got to look at them um, that your 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 goals is your roadmap to freedom, financial freedom, because if yeah. you don't have it, I mean, now you're just driving a car blindfolded. For God's sakes, we know nobody would do that. Right. Um, so I'm glad that you're a big goal setter. How often do you actually write them down? Uh, you know, I haven't gotten to that point of actually writing them down. So uh, I listen to Steve Harvey and Grant Cardone. And, uh, you know, Steve Harvey said, hey, write a list of 300 goals that you want to achieve in your life. And he said, roughly around 85, you'll you'll uh, start to struggle. Well, I started to struggle around, I think, like uh, 47 goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't write it down. But, yeah. I, I probably spend too much time on creating my goal because I'm really taking an in-depth thought about it. And uh, I look at it every day, but I don't write it down. And that's definitely something uh, I want to incorporate into my daily habits. I, I highly recommend it for a couple of reasons. And for maybe you guys out there listening, writing goals down, it's not like you got to write new goals every day. You could write the same five goals Every single day, whether you do it when you in the morning or before you go to bed, whatever, whenever, it doesn't even matter when you do it, but it could be five or 10 or it's up to you. The numbers are relevant. But if you start writing it down, what you're actually doing is you're manifesting. And if you've ever manifested anything in your life, manifesting works. Okay. About creating the lifestyle. Mm hmm. What's the heart of your routine? Because if you ask me, have I ever written down my goals daily? Yeah, I have, but it only lasted a couple of weeks, you know? Uh, And then all of a sudden that little book that I had is just collecting dust. Uh, So you have to create uh, a routine for yourself. You do. You know, there's a phrase I like to use. Hey, it's real simple. It's just not easy. Yep. Right. Simple, not easy. Yeah, to do it every day. And, you know, it, it, if you could start off small, like like anything, right? Like if you're going to, if people, if you're overweight and you got to go to the gym, well, you ain't going to drop 20 pounds in one week. That's craziness, right? You probably do more damage than good if you tried. So you have to slowly lose a pound a week until you get your 20 off kind of thing. And the same thing with this goal writing, you know, sessions that you want to do. Don't go crazy and like, okay, I'm not saying you got to write them every day from day one. But if you started to write them down like every Sunday, right, or whatever day, I wrote them down. Two, three months goes by. You know what? I'm going to start writing them every Sunday and Wednesday. Another two, three months go by. You know what? This is becoming a habit now. I want to start doing Sunday, Monday, I mean, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, until you build up, right? Because it can seem like it's just a daunting task, like... You're getting ready to go to bed. You had a long, hard day. You're like, oh, man, I got to go write those 10 goals down. That's going to take me seven minutes, right? Whatever it may be. And other than 
you find out you wrote them on Sunday for three months and you're like, you know what? I can do it. And, and, the, and the goals you're writing down, you're achieving faster. They're coming to fruition. And you just become a believer of, man, I write these down. They're actually happening. That's why I say, for me, it's manifestation. Every day when I wake up, the first thing I do is my gratitudes, right? Um, I'm grateful for everything. First, I'm grateful for my wife and my family. I'm grateful for, I have two great working paid for vehicles. I have almost zero debt. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. Just be grateful for the simple things in life, right? And then whether it's praying or I talk to the universe about, hey, ask. It's okay to ask the universe or God or whoever, you know, you're you pray to, uh, I, I need, or I want this. I want these things. I want to be busier. I, I want, I want my income to grow. Right. When you write those, those are goals. Also write them down. Like they already happened. That's what Grant Cardone does. He writes them down like, like they already happened. I have 50,000 units doors. I, I own 50,000 doors. I make 200 grand a month. Right. He used to write those down like they already happened. And when you do that, They'll come true. So goals are so important. They're the second second chapter of my training. I'm such a huge believer in it. So let's transition into you've got a little one. You started working at seven or eight, um, learning about money. When do you think you're going to start talking to your child about money? I know your child's just still an infant, but when do you think? Have you thought about when you think you're going to start talking to him about money? Yeah, I think about it a lot. Um, I just don't know the answer of how I'm going to do it. Right. So, um, absolutely. The second that I can have a full on conversation with them, it's going to be teaching them about financial literacy, teaching them about what to do with his money, how to invest. You know, the biggest thing I learned from Grant Cardone, you know, I've always been told, save your money, save your money. Well, Grant Cardone came by and said, uh, yeah, you got to save your money, but you also have to grow your income. Right. Uh, I was like, huh, he's right. So maybe I can do both to expedite, you know, this process. And as I'm uh, becoming older, how am I going to teach my child these same lessons that I didn't learn until my mid twenties? Mm. Um, I bought uh, uh, the game. It's a uh, cash flow. Yeah. The cash flow cauldron from um, Robert Kiyosaki. Great game yeah. for kids to, to play. Yeah. Well, that was my challenge. I, I bought the adult game and then I realized I was the only person that wanted to play it. I can't even get my wife to play it to save my life. It's, you know what, you're an investing now. So a lot of those things in there will make sense to you and people who aren't, aren't. But I, I know, I know some teenage, the 14 to 16 year olds that play the game and it's awesome. I would, I would recommend, you know, if I had the chance again with my kids, um, at the young ages, when we start teaching our kids, when they start to play games, right? Checkers, Monopoly, or now they have all these online games or whatever. Um, that's the time to start teaching because whatever game they, you know, gravitate to, whatever it is that they want to do, there's rules to that game that they have to play. Right. And so they have to learn the rules before they're going to be good at the game or win the game. Right. Because without knowing the rules, you can't win because now you're just playing and you're spinning wheels. And well, that's the same. I like to say with financial literacy, we all live a life. No one never teaches the rules of the game out here, you know, investing, where to invest, how much putting buckets together, all these things we've just been talking about. Nobody teaches that. And that all should be taught at a very young age. But I would think 
kids start playing games at three, four years old, they're playing games, right? And now they're going to play games until they're 18 or hell, my son's 35, still plays games, right? So um, I think that's a good place to start. And then when they start wanting things that cost money, well, great. So you want the new Xbox. It's it's one ninety nine. Let me tell you what I have to do to make one hundred ninety nine bucks, because now what we're teaching is perspective. Well, you mean dad has to work all day, eight hours in a day to make two hundred dollars to give me something that I'm just going to play with for however long. Like, man, dad really sacrificed. Yeah, taxes and all those things. So, yeah, I think the sooner we can all because you could probably agree. And I've asked this question to most people. Man, where do you think your life would be today, even at your age? Because you're 30 what? 33. 33. Even at your age, where do you think your life would be had you learned financial literacy between the ages of 10 and 15? Totally different place. And that's, that, that is my drive of why I want to give this information to pass it down. Yes. Yeah. So I look at my grandfather. I hear all these great stories on how he, he owned uh, – uh, he was a tech consultant. He he owned uh, a candy shop or something. He owned real estate in Oregon. Those are all great things. But it seems like he died with that information because none of it got passed on to, to his children. Why do you think that is? Why do you think parents historically don't talk to their children about money? You know, I was just having this conversation with my wife's cousin the other day. I really hate the fact of this taboo world of, of people saying, don't talk about money. How else are we supposed to learn about money if we don't talk about it? You know, I understand why employers say that because they don't want you talking to your coworker and finding out they make $10 more than you, you know, per hour. Um, so all of a sudden now there's a internal bidding war or something. Of why is this person making more money than me? Uh, but within everyday life, you know, why can't I come to you and say, uh, what do you do for a living and how much do you make? That could be inspiring to someone else to say, hmm, well, to do that, I can make this. Uh, maybe I want to try that out, see what it is and see if I can be good at it. Interesting. Um interesting way to look at it. I haven't had anybody talk to me about it that way, which is really interesting because I found that through conversation, there's two conversations that parents don't want to have with us as kids, money and sex. They're the same, right? They're afraid to talk about both of those things. And I think the reason people don't like to talk about money, is one of two reasons. You either, cause you don't have any, you're like, you know, a little bit of a shame there or if I tell you how much money I make or have, you're going to say, hey, can I borrow some? You know what I mean? And so when I tell people, if they ask me, I said, yeah. Uh, and I follow up right away. But I don't lend money. I don't lend money to anybody. I give money. I don't lend money. That's, that's a great mentality. Yeah, I have a, a few family members out there that uh, even when they, they say, can I borrow some money, in my mind, mentally, I'm giving it to them because I'm pretty sure it's not coming back. Yeah, and exactly. And I think because, and that's why people don't want to talk about it because money has ruined many relationships, whether it's family, friends, uh, workers, whatever. Um, 
And people generally, when they want to borrow money, it's because they're really down and out. Maybe they just need food or the power bill. If I don't, I got to borrow 50 bucks, please, because, you know, if I don't pay the power, it's going off tonight. And then, you know, I'm screwed. I got two kids at home or something. Uh, No, I, I agree with you. We need to talk about it. We need to inspire each other about it. It's okay. Um, and I, I think people only borrow money because, like I said, they're hurting. They're they're in some sort of position. And if you can help people, yes. And I'm just like you described. I do the same. Um, someone comes to me and asks me to borrow dollar X, and I'll find out why and what it is, and I'll say, "Here's the money." And I'm only going to ask you one question. Um, I'm not going to require you to pay it back. I'm giving it to you. I'm going to ask you to please pay it forward at some point in time in your life. Whenever you're back on your feet, someone will come to you one day and say, Hey, you got a, I need a hundred bucks or whatever it may be. And if you're in the position that you'll do it, I think if the world lived in that kind of a mindset, it'd be a much, much friendlier place. Yeah. And it's all about paying it forward. You know, I had a, a friend of mine, as I'm, when I get excited about something, you want to tell somebody, right? Yes. So as I'm learning about the Roth, as I'm learning about uh, investments, um, I called one of my high school friends and I'm telling her all this information that I learned. And at the end of the conversation, and she's like, well, what do you get out of it? And I just was so taken back by it because is that the world that we live in is that Oh, he must want something from me if he's giving me this information. No, I just want to see you succeed. I want to see you win. I want to pay it forward. And uh, the world doesn't always see it that way. It doesn't. It's sad that it doesn't. It's it's people like you. And there's a lot of people like you out there that do want to pay it forward. And again, when we talk about borrowing money, it could be 20 bucks. You know, it doesn't have to be as I mean, it was a lot of money and someone could want a hundred and you're like, I can do 50, right? Yeah. I mean, it helped you at some level. Um, it, and if it's, it doesn't matter the, the number to me. Uh, one, don't loan out more money than you can give. Right. Two, are you bringing a crutch to that person if you give them the whole amount? Right. And so if you ask for 20, ah, I'm sorry, all I have is 10. If you only ask for 100, you know, maybe I'll give you 40 or something. But uh, if you give it to them, the whole amount, They'll just keep coming back versus let me show you how to make money. Or, you know, again, and people want money for certain reasons, right? Not just because um, I know in, in for me personally, um, rather than giving somebody money, I'm like, really, what's going on? Tell me what's going on, because there's obviously something going on. And well, you know what? I'm struggling. My paycheck's not for another 10 days and we're a little short on food at home. And then rather than give somebody money, I'll say, Let's go. Let's go to the store. You fill that basket with whatever you want. I'll pay for it. I don't care if you're buying $50 with the groceries or 200. It doesn't matter. You're hungry. I'm going to help you feed your family. You know what I mean? Um, And I think when you do that, they're going to be more grateful and not likely to come back just to borrow money for money. Like, oh, Leon loaned me that hundred six months ago. He didn't want it back. And, you know, I could use another hundred. Maybe he'll give me another one. Then if you would have went and bought him groceries, he's going to remember that a lot more. Right. Very true. So, yeah, giving is huge. I think you give, you get back. The more you give, the, it's funny, my um, my head, um, what do I want to call him? Because he's not my broker anymore. Yeah, he was my broker. Anyway, real successful agent here in town, makes a lot of money. His goal every day is to give away as much money as he can. He does really well. I mean, he'll make him, I don't know, he'll make seven figures 
And if he can go out and give out a few hundred dollars every day, just gives it away. His wife's like, stop giving money. He goes, no, the more money I give away, I keep making more money. He, it keeps, he goes, I'm telling you, if I give $500 away today, tomorrow, somehow I'm going to make an extra thousand. He just believes it. It's, he totally believes it. And he's like, I, I can't, I can't wait to give away money. I know more is coming back. It's such a noble concept. And if people would believe, and to me, that whole thing is all about up here in the brain, right? It's what we believe. He believes it and it happens. So talk to me about what is your plan? Because you're only 33. What kind of things are you putting in place at 33? You're thinking about retirement, which is great because I know a lot of early 30 year olds that don't even think about retirement yet. They're like, I got plenty of time, right? What are you thinking about retirement? What is your goal? What kind of plan have you put in motion? Let's help the people out there. Maybe they're kind of lost. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for me, my, my mindset is, uh, you know, I, I just want to have the option to retire. I don't, I don't want to ever sit down and do nothing. Uh, that's just not in my nature. Um, but overall, I feel like when you get to the point that not only are you debt free, can you be financially free? And I feel like that one's more important because you can be debt free. Hey, I don't know anybody, anything but you still have to wake up and go to work every day to feed yourself. But if you're financially free, you know, you can wake up and uh, not have to get up, you know, the option. And uh, it comes down to what type of lifestyle do you want to live? Well, I haven't quite gotten that number out of my wife yet, but um, for me, it's all about residual income. What can I find? And when I think back to as a kid, all these different businesses that I wanted to be a part of, uh, my wife says, you need to sit down and focus on what you want. It's like, uh, I'm just letting you know, I have a long list of things I want to accomplish in my life. And I feel like I can accelerate that if I can get to the point that I'm one financially free and I can be semi-retired and how I plan on getting there is real estate. That's my biggest thing. Since I was nine years old, I always said I wanted to have apartment complexes. I want to own this many units and I didn't know what I was talking about, but I knew um, the the number one way to change wealth classes uh, from, you know, being poor or uh, going to mid is is real estate. And so can I go out there? Can I find some fourplexes? Can I live in one unit and rent out the other three and live rent free? Or can I just go out there and get 10 doors in each door um, you know, once they're all paid off, they're, they're paying me a thousand bucks a month, whatever that number is, that's how I plan on getting there. So when you decide, Hey, how do I want to, or when do I want to retire? Well, I want to retire at, you know, $10,000 per month. Well, how many doors do I need to get that? Well, in this area, they rent, uh, for $2,000 a month. Well, I need to get five doors to get $10,000 a month. Once you get those five doors, now you focus on paying off those doors. And hey, can I pay that off in 20 years, 25 years, whatever your timeline is? That's how you, you know, and so reverse engineer how to retire at what age. It's a great way that you describe that. Um, you know, I teach it. There's there's three financial pillars that we should strive for starting at the early ages. And the first one is to become financially secure. 
And people need to know what that means. And so I'll explain it real quick. So to be financially secure means that you have enough money in the bank that if you get hurt, laid off, or like last year was a great example, COVID, everybody got laid off kind of thing, that you have enough money in the bank to sustain minimum six months. 12 months would be really great, uh, but at least six. Because if you've put, so I use an example in my trainings, um, if your bills are 3000 bucks a month, then you need $18,000. Now, I recognize nobody's got just, hey, let me just put 18000 over here and then I'm fine. It takes time to build that 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 uh, savings that's going to just be parked there for just in case I got hurt, I got laid off, I got whatever, because our bills don't stop. It, the, yeah. the bill collector doesn't care. Hey, you made a commitment. You've got to pay me kind of thing. Right. And we all sleep much better and have much more stress in life. And the less stress you have in life, the healthier you will be. Stress kills. Stress will kill you. So that's the first pillar. You should everybody should start at the age of eighteen. Now that number is different for everybody, and so you got to figure your number. You got to do the math, but put that away. Put it in a money market account where you're going to make the most money because that's money that you want to be able to access like right now, right? Yeah. You could put money in other vehicles, but some of the other vehicles may take anywhere from two or three days to ten days to actually get the money, and so. You know, that's why we you hear the phrase, we need an emergency fund. Your emergency fund should be in today's world because everything's expensive. They used to say a thousand. I say two thousand bucks. You know, if your car transmission went out, it's like twelve or fifteen hundred dollars to change the transmission these days. Or depending on your car, it could be more than that. Set of tires, you know, because we only buy tires every two to three years. Right. You're not that's not in the monthly budget to have tire money. So these, this amount of money put away will, to get you in the financially secure position, you're, you would be surprised with no stress and you're going to perform much better at work. You're going to make more money and you will start to accelerate wealth. The second pillar that you should try to strive for is to be financially independent, which is what you just described. When your money makes enough money to support your lifestyle, you are now officially financially independent. Right. I don't have to work. My money wakes my money makes enough money to pay my bills. Now, for some people, two thousand a month. I'm happy. I don't need to make any more money. There's other people out there that like my monthly bills are twenty five grand a month or more. Like, so how much money do they need working a lot? Right. So everything's relative here. It's just the, the rule of thumb. Like you decide what you want your lifestyle to be. And as soon as your investments your dividends from your investments come back to you on a monthly basis to pay that you're financially independent. Now, some people may call that retirement, but you described like I feel like I'll never I don't I don't like that word retirement because I found that and I'm ready to be 60 here in a minute that when I have family members that are in their 80s that say don't retire because the minute you stop using your mind and the minute you stop being phys physically active, this is when you start to die. You will die. And if you stay active physically and mentally, you will live along. You will live to be in your 90, whatever. Right. You, you will do that. So get financially independent so you can enjoy life, what life has to give, because life has so much to give. There's so many opportunities on the planet that we all want to do. And then the ultimate goal you described is financial freedom. Now, financial freedom is not had by very many people on the planet. It's the top 1% of 1%. These are people, when you have enough money to go do anything with anybody, anywhere at any time, and money is not the factor of why you're doing it, whether because it costs 10000 or, you know, 5 million bucks, 
You know, a Jeff Bezos is financially freedom, right? He's got billions of dollars. He can never spend that money. He could, money is just a scorecard now. That's financial freedom, right? So there's a, there's that line there, being financially independent, being financially free. When yeah. you're not counting money, it's a scorecard. I had 100, now I got 99, right? So, um, and very few people will get there. You know, some athletes get there. Some, you know, celebrities make a lot of money. They can kind of feel like they get there. I believe it's it's multiple eight figures, you know, 20, 30, 50 million bucks. You can kind of feel like, hey, I'm pretty financial free. I can I can go take that $30,000 vacation and whatever. No big deal. I can take five of my friends and spend a hundred. Okay. I got $50 million. I'll spend a hundred grand on a vacation with family and friends. Who cares? Right. So these are all goals, but we talked about goals and the way you described it and like to teach it is reverse engineer those because you know, now it, cause I got kids actually older and younger than you that at 33, you recognize how fast time is moving. Very fast. Very fast. Right. I mean, every time we turn around, it's a birthday or it's Christmas again. I mean, it's just unbelievable how the, the and we've all heard this saying when we were kids, right? Or the parents would always say, oh, you don't even know time goes so fast. Time goes so fast. And, you know, your your child's just a couple of years old. And one day it'll, before you know, it, you're like, dang, he's 10 already. Where, where'd that time go? You know what I mean? Yeah. It just goes so fast. So knowing that we need to make those goals, set our path. And follow what we reverse engineer. We already wrote it down. We know what we're going to do. Don't don't drive blind. Fit, write it out and then write those things down as regular as you can. They will come. They'll come right to fruition. I promise they will. So that's um, that's really awesome that you're doing that. And you're taking action. I think the biggest thing with you, Leon, is like you're an action taker. You don't you know, there's a lot of people out there will think about it. OK, I'll do I'll do that when I pay this off. I'll do that when I get a little more time. You're not that guy. You're an action guy. How did you get to be that action guy that you wanted to take that action? Uh, it, you have two options. And one option one is, you know, be at peace with yourself and at, at war with the world or be at, you know, peace with the world at, at war with yourself. And uh, for me, um, I, hey, I only have a hundred dollars. What are you going to, I don't have any more. I'm trying to make more, but if I only have this hundred dollars, you have to decide what to do with it. And uh, yeah, I want to go shopping, but I, I'm pretty sure I would like to, to have that money grow for me more than going shopping. And yeah, I still struggle with it. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll go out and buy a pair of shoes that I don't need or something. Or, uh, But I think for me, it's all about, I'm trying to build a legacy. And uh, if I, if I take this hundred dollars and put it away here and have it work for itself, eventually it'll, it'll turn into a much larger number. And that's, that's what I'm working for. I'm going to ask you one last question. And again, are the listeners out there or probably 10 years? I know that there's some 10 year olds out there that have heard me up to who knows how old. So the question is, at 33, what would you tell, looking back, and you could talk to your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? <laughs> Save your money for a down payment and go buy some real estate. Okay. 
Good advice. I mean, that's you. You're down the real estate path, which is awesome. Again, most of the wealth on this planet is is a combination of real estate and or the, the market, the stock market, right? Some dabble in both, some dabble in one or the other, but those are the two largest vehicles uh, to create wealth. 100%. So you're definitely on the right track doing it. And I wish you all the luck in the world. Again, I appreciate you coming out and sharing with the audience. I think there were some really good takeaways there. Um, action taker. It's okay that your mom, you know, and some of these people didn't teach it to you early. You got hungry to want to learn it. And you, you did like most, we got to figure it out. Somehow we got to figure this thing out. And, um, you're a parent, young, young child at home, learning, doing your thing. Um, I think you're going to be great. You're going to be fine. Sometimes I worry about people, but I'm not going to worry about you. You're going to be good. So, so thanks for coming out, sharing with the guys. So everybody, remember, I release a new podcast every Wednesday, 7 a.m. If you're watching me on YouTube, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. A lot more stories coming. Um, they're all different. No two are the same because we're all different people and our journey with money is different and we can all have good takeaways from it. So you guys out there, um, I'll talk to you next week. Leon, keep in touch. Take it easy. All right, guys. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, really enjoyed making all these episodes for you. Remember, we're just having uh, conversations with people's journey with money and the things they did right with it, the things they did wrong with it, and uh, how, how did they really come about getting their mindset with money. So uh, every episode's different. We all have a good takeaway from them. So do me a favor. Hit the like button, smash the like button, and subscribe to my channel because every episode that I do is going to be different as all our journeys are different. So you guys take care, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.